0: To be esteemed as a great naturalist would no doubt have gratified the modest Darwin, but to be hailed as a working-class hero might have taken him by surprise. How did ordinary workers with no formal interest in science even get exposed to Darwin's ideas? Sure enough, there were popular books by other evolutionists like Thomas Henry Huxley or the philosopher Herbert Spencer, but how did they fall into the hands of the man in the street?
1: Everywhere in Europe, labor unions had night schools for workers. And in these night schools, among other things, translations of Haeckel's popular works and other popularizers of Huxley, of Herbert Spencer, translated into the European languages in cheap editions. The case I know best is Spain. Anarchist labor unions had a famous system of night schools, and there were publishing houses in Spain which specialized in turning out these cheap editions for working-class people, so the ideas get around.
0: Darwin's ideas then were part of a heady brew of theories about biological and social progress that captured the public imagination. And depending on the social context, these ideas were seized on by groups eager to promote their own agendas.
2: What happened about ten years after the publication was that Darwin's ideas were now being appropriated by various intellectual, political, social groups who were using Darwin's ideas to support their own case. That was the case in Denmark where Darwin, he was now connected to a specific ideological program that was part of reacting against the conservative forces at the university led by the intellectual Gail Brandes. What this demonstrates is that we cannot separate scientific discussions from cultural discussions about Darwinism and about the influence of his theory and about how his theory was interpreted. It's all interlinked, it's all mixed, and out of it comes these very different local, national interpretations of Darwin's theory and thus the significance of his theory.
0: These nuanced cultural interpretations surface time and again in the global response to Darwin's ideas. Take the notions of struggle and competition. Darwin saw these as the logical result of continuing population growth as originally pointed out by the economist Thomas Malthus. Naturalists in Russia played down that aspect of the theory.
1: The reception in Russia was interesting because it was Darwin without Malthus. The Russians didn't like basing the struggle for life on competition among members of the same species or among members of different species. They were much more comfortable with the notion, struggle for life, of organisms against the environment and that view of removing competition that was irrespective of ideology from the right wing to the left wing for various reasons Russian naturalists didn't like the Malthusian component
0: at the same time the origin of species provided a powerful metaphor that inspired followers well beyond the confines of the scientific elite
1: they were interested in looking for metaphors that could inform their social ideas. If you were an egalitarian who believed that in meritocracy, which was a very common theme of the center-left throughout Europe, then you would argue that aristocracies of the blood were contrary to natural law. Darwinism being seen as natural law, because if you were in the elite simply by virtue of birth and not by virtue of talent, then that was contrary to natural law as promoted by social Darwinists. And so Darwinism was presented frequently as revolutionary, something, of course, that Darwin would not have approved of.
0: Yet the concept of progress extolled by some evolutionary thinkers resonated in areas where political groups were hungry for change.
1: China's very interesting because Spencer was translated before Darwin, and so Darwin, when discussed, is fit into this notion of progress as a natural law taken up by the revolutionary left. Mao is said to have gotten his ideas of revolution from popularizers of Spencer rather than from Marx. And the version of Darwin that comes through in China around 1900 is Lamarckian not just the inheritance of acquired characteristics, but the notion of what Lamarck called the pouvoir de la vie. George Bernard Shaw translates as the the life force. That's very much like the Tao. And so you get a reception of Darwin's ideas put in a Taoist framework, an inner force, an inner force that propels creatures to strive towards certain objectives.
0: While books and articles were the primary way in which Darwin's ideas were disseminated, in some cases it was through particular individuals capable of spreading the word
1: Japan is interesting because there was an apostle the apostle in this case was an American named Edward Morse he's working on brachiopods and he went to Japan because that was the place the species he was working on happened to be and he gives the first series of lectures on Darwin to a Japanese audience and What Morse picked up immediately was that there was no scriptural tradition with which to measure Darwin's ideas against. The same with China. So Morse said, it's really refreshing to lecture to people who don't have any religious prejudices or previous scripturally based stances that would make them hostile to Darwin.